notes again. <laughs> Hopefully we won't get any more notifications that disrupt things. Uh, here we are, we're going to be doing uh, this on, on weekday mornings. Uh, it's a devotional of sorts, but it's a little more hopefully interactive. Um, feel free to post your comments, even if you're watching this after the fact. Uh, your questions, your insights. Um, but we're going to try and keep this simple. Uh, just a few minutes. And uh, we're going to be looking at the title of this devotional is Sojourners, Living as Sojourners in the time of coronavirus and we're going to be looking particularly at the the letters to Peter and uh, particularly the letter to 1st John or 1st John uh, in the days to come but we're going to take our time so we'll see how far we get uh, depending on how things go and uh, so each day I'll just give you a little format here some some parameters each day I'm gonna I'm gonna start with prayer and uh, then we're going to dig into the word and maybe just a few verses a day and uh, I'm going to share with you a little bit of how I read the scriptures uh, pattern that I've learned and uh, I'm passing on to you uh, if getting into the Bible is new for you then this will be really helpful I think and we'll, we'll do that so let me just start with with prayer Heavenly Father just thank you for this opportunity to come into your presence, to open up your word and look at it, and uh, just to be be here with you. Lord, we ask that your spirit would be alighting to us the word, opening our eyes and our ears to hear and to see what you have to say to us today. And uh, we just thank you for this opportunity to be with you and to hear from you and know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I said, we're going to be starting with 1 Peter. And uh, you're basically getting a glimpse into how I spend time with God. Uh, I spent some time with him this morning already in this passage. and uh, So you're going to get, in a sense, what I, what I got. Uh, but I invite you also to, to listen for yourself uh, to the Holy Spirit and see what he has to say to you. Uh, this isn't an attempt at theologizing or politicizing current events, uh, but it is taking the scriptures and saying, how do you want to apply this to what's currently happening uh, in our reality, Lord? What do you have to say to us for today? And so that's what we're going to be doing. Um, let me just read to you the first First couple of verses, make sure you got your Bibles, uh, whether it's the paper kind or the digital kind. And uh, in some ways, I'm going to be using both of them. So, And I also recommend that you have a journal. Uh, I write down what the Lord's saying to me, my thoughts, so I can go back and reflect on them later, uh, things I'm feeling, and allowing the Lord to uh, continue to speak through what he's saying. Um, doing this this is real life folks typical morning for me is interruption uh, and God certainly comes in the interruptions but uh, the puppy is here this morning interrupting so um, but we're gonna continue on okay Mila lay down lay down lay down all right 
So as we look at this letter of 1 Peter, I'm going to read from the, the New Living Translation. Uh, this letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. And so as, uh, as we're looking at this passage, let's just take a moment and just reflect on some of the things that we just read. Okay. Typically when I come to the Word, I'm listening to the Spirit. Uh, that's my goal. I want to know what He has to say to me. And, uh, and then I allow Him to point out certain things in the text. What are things that He has to say to me today? Well, the first thing is this, this idea that the, the chosen people uh, who are living as foreigners, and depending on the translation you're using, a lot of times I look at several different translations. This is helpful to me. But the first thing is this, this idea of sojourners. What is a sojourner? Well, some translations use that term. Some, some, a lot of times the, the word foreigners used um, or some other term to to make this clear in English. Um, but the whole idea behind the sojourner is a traveler, is somebody who's on a journey. And uh, as Christians, uh, we are certainly on a journey. Um, we're dealing with this virus and all that's going on in the world around us. And we've got to realize that life as we've known it is no longer going to be the same. Uh, we're not likely to snap back from this and uh, just get back to life as it were. Things are going to be different from here on out. And realizing that uh, we're not just we're not just here, uh, but we're we're travelers on a journey. Some of the other words that are used, uh, exiles. A lot of times the terms translated exiles. Um, or foreigners from another, uh, they're foreign, who are foreigners from another country living here, strangers in a strange place. And the idea behind that is that uh, they're resident aliens. Uh, they're not just people living in a strange place, but they're residents there. And I think this is true of us as Christians. Here we are in this place called Earth. And once we come to Christ, we become citizens of another world. We're no longer citizens here. Uh, primarily, uh, but we are residents here. So we have the responsibilities of being citizens, but we also have a higher responsibility to our citizenship in heaven. And uh, so we're resident aliens. Please sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So what does this mean for us? Well, as, as resident aliens, we've got to understand that God wants us to realize that we're no longer the, the center. The church is no longer the center of society. In fact, we haven't probably been the center of society now for about 30 years. I'm going to keep talking just a moment. Sometimes you've got to... Uh, You've got to push the distractions out. God bless them. 
But children, that's a whole other story. But uh, whiny puppies, they can certainly be moved out. We've got to realize that we've, we've moved from, we're no longer the center of society. We've got to realize that God wants us to move from being people that feel settled to people that are sojourners. How settled have you gotten in your routines, your job, your relationships? Um, how settled are you in your rhythms? Are they healthy rhythms? Are they helping you on this journey? Are they getting you to where God wants you to be? Um, are they taking you to the places that God has for you to go each day? Um, now, there's been a lot of jokes going on on the internet about to re, uh, posting a picture of an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment, and saying, you know, this is a map. Where do you want to go this weekend? Uh, and there's a little bit of truth to that. But for most of us, uh, we're still able to go out of our, our houses, out of our apartments, go to the store. Um, God's got assignments for us. And, and in some ways, that's broadening because those assignments aren't just out there, sometimes they're online assignments. What's he asking us to do as we're connecting with people through FaceTime and Zoom and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and whatever else? Um, are we representing him? Um, the other word that's used here is diaspora or diaspora. And the word means the scattered. Uh, this is a term that related particularly, a lot of times it's related particularly to ethnic groups that are scattered from their homeland. But as Christians, we are the scattered. And uh, it makes me laugh a little bit because I think more than ever the church is scattered. We can't gather together um, except in very, very small groups. But we're scattered in our homes and uh, we are certainly the diaspora, maybe in some ways more than ever. And as I mentioned before, we're no longer at the center of society, but we have been pushed to the margins. This has been true for a while, but it certainly feels this way in the last few weeks. This gives us a great opportunity to be a prophetic voice, uh, to speak the words of God to the people of God, and also to those that don't know him, speak his truth. But not as a voice of doom and gloom. We can hear that on the news. We don't need that. Uh, that just stirs up fear and anxiety and superstition, a lack of trust. But we're a prophetic voice of hope. Uh, we won't be in this forever. God has prepared something for us greater. We'll talk more about that as we get further into this letter. And the third thing that stood out to me from this passage is the idea of the elect. I like the way that this is put. God knew you and chose you long ago. Not one is missing, not one forgotten. God has chosen us. He's elected us. He set us apart. But not for privilege. We've got to move from this idea of being the privileged ones to those that have a purpose. He set us apart for a purpose. God has chosen you and not forgotten you because he has set you apart for a purpose. What's that purpose he has for you? Well, you're here as witnesses on mission. Uh, 
to be with Jesus, to know him. And uh, so he set us apart for a purpose. Goes on to tell us that the Spirit has sanctified you, or talks about, depending on the version you're looking at, he he's, talks about the sanctification. But this is talking about our position in Christ. It's talking about the reality that here we are as Jesus' people. He has set us apart for a purpose, but he's also sanctified us. And that word sanctify us or, or set us apart for holiness means that he has purified us and he's made us whole. This is the truth of our position in Christ. Um, it clarifies this a little more in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8, where it says that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgresses and wrongs his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. God, I realize that God has given us his Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit, to make us holy to set us apart and he's already done that so now it tells us that because of this we have chosen to obey him we have chosen to be cleansed by the blood the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus this picture of the blood being sprinkled on the altar to cleanse us to redeem us of our sins this beautiful picture we're told in Hebrews to draw near with true heart and full assurance of our faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We are set apart. We are cleansed. All these things are removed. It's time for us to move from controlling our behavior to witness. As we live with Jesus, we become a witness of all that he's doing in our lives. Jesus has changed my life and is making me whole by his pattern. He's setting me into his pattern of what it looks like to live whole. Not what I think, but the, what the creator of the universe says he's made me for. And he's making me whole again. So it's not about me controlling. Sanctification isn't about me controlling my behavior. It's about me being made whole so that I can be a witness of all that God is doing and all that he is. And lastly, verse 2 ends with a blessing. May God give you grace and peace and abundance. I like how it says it in uh, the message. May everything good from God be yours. And also what it says in the ESV, that it would be multiplied to you. Not that we just receive God's grace and his mercy for maintenance. Oh God, forgive me, I've sinned. But he wants to give us his grace and abundance, his peace and abundance, that it would be multiplied, that we'd move from maintenance to multiplication. God wants to multiply his grace and peace to us so that we have enough to share with others. Are we tapping into all that he has for us so that we can be a blessing to the people around us, our neighbors, those in our city? Even, even the grace of being able to stay home, of being able to have groceries delivered, is a grace 
that is blessing those around us because we're not spreading our germs. Uh, each day, Leanne and I are taking our temperature uh, or kind of monitoring our health because we know that we want to continue to be a blessing to those around us. Uh, and when we go out in public, we don't want to be spreading germs. Um, so we're, we're keeping an eye on things. Um, how are you, in the grace of God and in his peace, receiving that peace and multiplying it out to others? So there's just some thoughts uh, as I prayed and read through the word this morning. Um, and just being able to, to encounter God through his word. Um, again, I'll just go back through. We want to move from settled to sojourners. We want to move from the center to the margins. Realize we've already moved from the center to the margins. We want to realize that uh, we move from privilege to purpose. And lastly, uh, that we we move from, from trying to control behavior to being witnesses of what he's doing in our lives. And from maintenance to multiplication. So let me just pray for us and uh, we can go about our days. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time and your word. Hopefully that was clear through the real life of setting ourselves apart and being with you. But uh, Lord, we know that you have lessons for us during this season. Make them clear to us. And let us be a blessing to those around us as you fill us with your grace and your peace. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a good day. Chat with you tomorrow.